Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I am your host, Austin, and hopefully you listened to our last episode. We were in front of a live studio audience. We are not in front of an audience anymore. But we do have TJ, our tech yes. director, producing this. <laughs> so I guess we're a live studio sort of. TJ. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're back to our normal recording. But with me, I have Pastor Rick on the mic. How you doing, man? Good, brother. Good to be with you. Excited about another episode, and I'm excited about this topic. But I know we'll we'll get to that in a second. It's going to be good. And then we have Pastor Jared. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So we uh, we are going to talk about mission trips. But before we get into kind of what we're going to talk about with that. Uh, both of you guys have done a lot of mission trips in your ministry experience uh, thus far. And so I want to know, you know, when you go on a mission trip, a lot of times you eat different kind of foods, you know, your whatever they eat there. And so you want to respect their culture. And so you partake. So what uh, what's the most unique thing that you guys have eaten on a mission trip? You're going to answer the same question when we're done, right? Yes. Okay, I mean, good. My, good. Yeah, I, mine will be interesting. All right. So... Uh, you said we've been on a lot. It would be interesting sometime to count up the number of trips, but that's for another time. Uh, most interesting thing, well, one one's a mystery. So when we went to Senegal, we were eating out of the common bowl. I talked about that in a sermon recently. And in some cases, I don't know what I was eating. So it's not like I can't name it, but I know there were fish meatballs in there, but there were other strange things, so I don't know. Which is always better, though. Don't tell me to after. When you know, it makes it way worse. Exactly. And, and so who knows what I ate. But uh, the one I know about was eating crickets. Uh, and that was in Oaxaca, Mexico. Dried, fried I'd say were they, I was crickets. Like, yeah. They weren't Spiced covered with anything, crickets. just straight up crickets. Yep. <laughs> you throw them in, they just crawl right yeah. down. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny, go a different, couple different ways in Oaxaca. We had armadillo once, but that was more kind of fun. It, was, it wasn't mm-hmm. crazy. For sure, unique is, I know, one of the most difficult to eat. And I, I push trips like, look, they're putting down, you know, their best, and this is an honor for them. So, like, man, you eat what is put down before you. But So uh, it was a Christmas celebration in India, and I had lamb's brain once. And that, oh, wow. that always takes the cake for me. And, yep. and as you know, it's the... It's the texture, you know. It, it was chewy. It was a chewy gummy. Like it's <laughs> what I think a brain would taste like. <laughs> what do you think? That's what it was. So how do they do? They fry it? Do they grill it? Do they boil it? I don't it? even do know because I, I think there were even like bones mixed in. So it's kind of uh, what well, the? yeah. Wow. It wasn't pleasant. So I think it was kind of like a ground beef except with a brain. It was. I don't know. It was rough. That's how Dang. they did. <laughs> yeah. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I so I uh, I have only done student mission trips up until this point in my ministry uh, career, uh, and so I've led a lot of student trips. And so is it not, international though? Yeah, craziest thing I've eaten in Chicago. We've done two international <laughs> trips, but we 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 ate pretty much what yeah, we yeah. ate domestic. But so not interesting. But because I've done a lot of student trips, all the trips I've led, we had students prepare all the food. So. The most interesting thing, I remember we had a kid make spaghetti, and I've never seen someone... I mean, he burnt spaghetti noodles so I, so bad, which I don't really know how you burn noodles, but, like, he... I mean, they were, like... They were, like, eating, like, like sticks, just, like, 
crusty, you know, you snap them in half. I mean, just, <laughs> and that was all we had to eat. And were night, they blackened so. or were they uncooked? Do what? Were they blackened, burned, or were they uncooked? No, they were like black. Yeah, yeah it was it was bad. So yeah, I don't know how uh, you do that either. And but. so we ate it because if we didn't <laughs> eat that, there was nothing else to eat. I mean, that was what was on the schedule. So <laughs> it wasn't interesting. It was it was is what it is. But uh, it was fun. So well, let's uh, let's dive into mission trips. So this is uh, a topic we're gonna talk about. Some of it is this podcast is coming out in June. So a lot of times people do short term mission trips in the summer, and uh, so some people might be thinking about that and. And particularly what I want to talk about is uh, a short-term trip and what's some of the good and bad of it. But before we get into that, when we say short-term mission trip, some people might know what that means. Some people might have no idea. So what do we mean by that term, short-term mission trip? So it's a mission trip that's short. What do you There's a term. That's yeah. true. <laughs> See how I nailed that? Uh, so you start big picture that, that Jesus has given us a mission. It's the Great Commission, take the gospel to the whole world. And so that's our overall mission. Now, I said in a sermon recently that if you live on earth, you live in Jesus' mission field. So the idea is that all of us ought to be on mission 24-7-365 and right here in our hometown. But uh, the, the call is certainly to take the gospel forward, and sometimes that means going out of your own neighborhood, state, whatever, and going somewhere and helping out there as well, because what we don't want to do is be myopic and just care about me and mine and my own backyard and all that, right? So that leads to then taking mission trips, and of course, you, if you read the New Testament, particularly Acts, there's a huge history right in the Bible of missions and trips. And then, uh, so some, we have missionaries, uh, Jared, I'll let you speak to where they are around the world, but if you don't go long term, uh, and some trips are just for one week, so you're not being a long term missionary, but uh, you're just going for a week, and that is a short term mission trip. So, brother, what would you add? And, and also, what I know there's some things we can say and can't say, but uh, you can let the folks know where we have missionaries around the world. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned Oaxaca already and have a mm-hmm. great partnership with uh, Audio Scripture Ministries uh, down in Mexico. They're you know, a, a whole kind of Bible center down there, translating the scriptures and giving audio because you have illiteracy. And so I know many people have been on trips. We're connected with missionaries that work out of Oaxaca, Mexico, uh, Portugal as well. We had two families that went together. Really cool, sending two units together. Mm-hmm. Even the agency was saying some of the uniqueness of that, but also have missionaries. One of the things we love have raised up. You know, these are people yep. part of our church sent out to Thailand as well, and just kind of got back on the field after all the COVID craziness. And it's interesting because that's what we think of when we generally, you know, in the church world, missions. We think of oh, go somewhere, move there, learn the language. And particularly if the gospel isn't there, you, you, somebody has to do that. Yep. You can't communicate. You mentioned gospel, right? I can't communicate that if I don't know the language. So somebody's got to go learn the language, and that generally is going to take time. But So part of it now, you have short-term, one of the things you have to deal with, it's only modern travel that made it possible. Hmm. And So some of it, right? I mean, you just had to go yep. get on a boat and sail months across the ocean. Well, well it's, it's only been possible to be able to fly and fly back, you know? So, yeah, there, of course, needs to be that long-term element. But so now with modern travel, you can have short-term trips. You can go for a week, two weeks. And, and anytime something is new, you probably should really evaluate, okay, what is this? How do we do it? How do we do it well? What are the dangers of it? Hmm. 
Yeah, so when we, you know, when we think about short-term trips, and I know uh, we've kind of connected offline, and we've talked about this before, but you know, there's there's pros and cons. There's good things that come out of these short-term trips. There's things that aren't so good, and and that's really what we want to dive into. And let's let's start with uh, the negative. Uh, and so I'll let you guys kind of bat this around. I mean, what are maybe some of the not so good things that can come out of a short-term mission trip? Sure. So when we approach this topic. For some that are listening to this, they are well aware of the debate, but some might not be aware that this is a debate in missiology. This is a debate within the church. I mean, the big C capital church, the, uh, the church universal, that are short, short-term mission trips really worth it? Are they good? Or are they helpful? Or are they harmful? Uh, so this is a debate that we're wading into right now. And there are certainly some downsides and some cautions that we have to keep our eye on. One of those is, and I know uh, we'll, we'll mention several of them here. I'll, I'll throw one out to begin with. One complaint is that it's simply Christian tourism. So instead of taking my family to Disney this year, uh, I'm going to take my family on a mission trip. And so now the goal is not really to bless a mission. So it didn't flow from the Great Commission or taking the gospel or anything like that. It's, uh, it's Christian tourism. And as part of that, I, I of course, want to do virtue, virtue signaling. I want to trumpet that to the world. So I'm going to use social media to basically say, look at me. Um, and that, that phrase, by the way, a little side sidebar, uh, look at me is something, uh, when my family was on vacation one summer in Virginia beach, we were out there for a week. And when people would drive by with the top down, the windows down, blaring music. Now it's music so loud that it's uncomfortable for the people in the car. And you're like, and kids looked at me like, dad, what's the point of that? And I said, look at me. And that's it. You're just drawing attention. It's look at me. And I said, look at me, you know, and, and that's the idea. And so that became a thing in our family, the look at me. And, and I think people do that on mission trips. So you're going to take pictures. You're going to post them. What you're saying is, look at me, look at me. And so it's a Christian tourism with a slant towards self-promotion of my virtue. Mm-hmm. So that's one mm-hmm. the complaint against them. Jared, yeah. what about you, man? We got a whole list here, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and I, I really am. I think it's good we're having this discussion because anybody that's on them, they're great. They're so great. And it's so easy to just go ahead and just take it without really evaluating it. Because that's one of, to me, one of the downsides is you, you have to have the courage to ask the cost benefit question. Mm-hmm. You know, so what are we doing on this trip? Well, we're going to paint a fence. Okay. Cost of the, to paint a fence, you know, depending on what you're doing, that's $500. Okay, we're going to do it for 50000 We're going to fly down 10 people around the world. We're going to buy this. We're going to feed. We're going to house them. So we're going to spend $50,000 to do a $500 project, right? We have to ask the question, like, cost-benefit, is that the right allocation of resources? And, of course, we're, you know, we're talking about there are benefits. You better do it well. But on some level, you got to ask, wait a minute, what else is there a better allocation of these resources? You know, churches will have zero, maybe, mission budget, but then we'll, you'll, you'll drop 50K on short-term trips. And so you just have to have the courage to ask the question, you know, is it worth it? And to the point we're doing them, you know, as a church, we say, yes, well, we better make sure it's worth it. And how, to, how does the resource allocation line up? Yeah, and to piggyback on that, so if I took that same 50 grand and I just sent it down for them to do missions down there, 
would that 50000 be better spent for the kingdom? Now, th- that makes the assumption that we could raise the fifty grand without doing the mm-hmm. trip. That's, a, that's another question on the table. But uh, would a mission down there, wherever down there is, would they be better off if we just sent them the money? So the cost-benefit thing, that's huge. The, another one that comes to mind is the, um, that we burden them. So if I show up with a team of 10 Americans who tend to be very inflexible and fussy and demanding, <laughs> uh, if I show up with a team of 10 Americans, the moment I show up in town, I put an incredible burden on their ministry there uh, for them to house us, feed us, transport us, all that. So we, as we train teams, we tell them, listen, our goal when we get down there is to make sure we overcome that deficit hard and fast. Because the moment we show up, we're a burden. And now we want to be such a blessing that we eclipse that burden and then exponentially exceed that. But uh, we got to be aware that when a bunch of Americans show up on their scene, we put it, the the benefit is already in deficit, we're a burden. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that. Because I think we don't think about that. And even when it's missions, it just seems like all common sense, the way we view the world goes out the window. Just think about it. If any of us... So if I told you, hey, 20 people are coming to stay at your house and you need to care for them every moment of every day and plan out an itinerary for this week, <laughs> that's what we're doing, you know? Absolutely. And I, I remember even that, like, we, do you think they, like, those vehicles, do you think they just own four buses? No, they have to go rent them. So for sure, even for people, but even financial is a, is a big warning. Like, make sure you're covering the costs. So now it's expensive for the missionary to bring us because they're paying for all kind of extra stuff. Jared, I, I so love living, working with you, man. And, and just, I, I was noticing that, like, it went to $50,000. I talked about a team of 10. It instantly became 20 with you. And there were 35. Four bu- you had four yeah. buses, man. <laughs> we have Canadians on our trips now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, uh, just to keep it moving with other possible downsides, we tend to reinterpret missions to exclude the gospel in a lot of short-term mission trips. So if you think about where we started, it's the Great Commission, take the gospel all around. Now, granted, there are support roles. So we have people on our staff team at this church whose primary role is not sharing the gospel. They're um, taking care of the facility, cleaning the facility, all kinds of things that happen to allow a ministry to be able to share the gospel. So I get that. But by and large, notice, Jared, your example was paint a fence. And it's it so instantly when we think of short-term trips, we tend to gravitate toward uh, painting, cleaning, building, whatever. And, and there there's no gospel. So at least there should be a gospel connection that somehow we're undergirding a ministry that is, yes, sharing the gospel. We're making them better, we're making them more effective at sharing the gospel. But if we're not careful, our entire grid of quote unquote missions has nothing to do with the gospel. That, that can be a downside. Yeah, one of my fears, and it's similar to what you're saying, is the, okay, we need, all of us need to be missional, all of us need to be evangelistic. And so if I go on a trip, so for the next two years, I've checked that box. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm missional, I'm sharing my faith because I went on a trip. You know, I mean, some of that lifestyle evangelism. I know our community groups are going through series right now on evangelism. All of us, all the time, should be wanting to share the gospel, thinking about sharing Christ. 
but we can kind of categorize it and put it in its own, you know, box we can check. Oh, I went on a trip. I, I've, I've done missions this year. Oh, nice. that always makes me nervous. Yeah, that's a huge one. And, and therefore, missions is over there yeah. and not here as well. You know, and so I don't have the perspective of the earth, even where I live, is Jesus' mission field. And I, I, knew, I knew a guy, he was hardcore about, if you're not sharing your faith, if you're not serving here, you're not allowed on a trip. Because somehow, like, that's going to... Hmm. And I, I, that could be overplayed, I think, because some sure. that can jumpstart. But his point was, like, there's nothing magical about going over there. So if you're not doing it here, why would I send you on a trip? There's something to that. And it thins the herd quick and yeah. narrows down. My team's down of 40 are back down to 10 now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we're back down to 10 and just, what, three buses or what? Anyway. anyway uh, one, one other one that comes to mind for me that is, and this can be in all missions, long-term missions as well, but in short-term missions for sure, uh, we force our desires and our approach upon them. Like we can... We can maybe it is more with short terms. If I go long term, I go over there, I stay there, I build the ministry there. So whatever I do there, I have to inherit from myself and I have to maintain. And so if I go long term and I screw up relationships, I pay the price. But with short term, it's very different. So we have missionaries, let's say in Portugal, right? And uh, so if I take a team over there, I'm messing with their ministry. And if I screw things up, I leave and go home and I just wash my hands of it and they have to deal with it. And so we have to be very mindful that it's their culture and it's their ministry and they are the stewards, they are the shepherds, and we have to fit into what they're doing, not force what we want to do onto them and then leave them with the aftermath. Yeah, I mean, I think some of that talks to... You know, it gets into the flip side of how to do it well, but, you know, the danger of that is no preparation, no training. I mean, I'm always careful with this because I think sometimes people get paralyzed with cultural sensitivity. Oh, you know, do they wave over there? I don't want to offend somebody. It can be played too far, but with no preparation of kind of what is sensitive. I mean, male-female connections is one of the big ones. You know, you go to India, they male-female sit on the other side, and you can cavalierly come, oh, that's wrong, that's, and, you know, as a, an arrogant American come in and, you know, want to sit on the other side, you're communicating things you don't realize. And so I think a lack of preparation, not only the burden of the missionary, now you're, you're now hindering their mission by just lack of preparation, whether it be cultural sensitivity or just basic kind of missions principles. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, those are, man, those are some legit things and, and good... Um, Glad you guys kicked that around, but I think there's, you know, like Rick said, there's this debate of, uh, but there's some good things that come out of it, and so obviously here at Redemption, we're we're not totally anti-mission trips. We'll get to that in a minute. Like we do them, but uh, so, if we are, I need to know that. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, it's a lot of your job. So, uh, so, so we did some of the negative. So give give me some positives. What are some of the the good things that come out of uh, mission trips, short-term yeah. trips? Well, and we did we backed up the truck on a long list of negatives. But that's why the debate is out there. So now you get that. And I love what you just pointed out about Jared's job. So, um, you know, we, we tend to, it's usually Austin, you and me, not always, but usually you and me and a third person, more often than not, Pastor Jared. But in this case, uh, it's not just Jared again, but we're operating in an area that he leads for our church. And so he's a very important voice on the mic. So now we're rolling into what's good about them. Uh, you want to start off, brother, or you want me to? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think 
it's funny, you can almost be too anti, right? And I was just thinking about this, you know, heading into the podcast. You know, there's some people, if it's not long-term and you're moving there, it's not missions. I'm like, okay, well then the Apostle Paul never did missions then, hmm. you know, right? So he didn't go anywhere for five, over five years. You know, I think we would all call them, you know, Paul's missionary trip, his second missionary journey. And a lot of times he was just there for, you know, a couple months. I mean, yep. he has a couple places where he stops, you know, over a year, but that's rare, so I don't want to push it, you know, you'd have to be careful. Okay, so they, clearly Paul went places short term, so there is benefit. And so part of doing it well, if it is short term benefit, well, then we're in trouble. If you go for one week and all of your benefit is only coming out of that in one week, you're in trouble. So then to do it well is, well, now you're going to have value that's going to pour out of this week. So for sure for the mission on the ground and hopefully you know, in your life as well. So for me, you're looking at, okay, what is the benefit? How do you do them well? Well, yeah, you go for a short term, but you have, again, cost benefit. You have benefit far beyond that week or two weeks, and it justifies it. And now you have some real fruit coming out of it. Absolutely. And there is benefit for the locations where we go. If there wasn't, we wouldn't go there. And we, we do send trips. Uh, you mentioned trips to Oaxaca. I know you're considering another location right now. Down the road, it, once our missionaries in Portugal get established, would we maybe, I don't know, you know we'll, mm-hmm. we'll keep sure. those things in mind. And, but one location we go to is Roblialto. Bible home. It's a uh, an orphanage in the uh, mountains uh, in Costa Rica, and it, we've sent many trips. I don't know how many I've been on down there, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful gospel ministry, helping kids, helping the poor. I I, I could go on and on and gush about it. Love it down there, but I had an experience where. Um, the, the lady, uh, Pam, who, uh, she no, no longer works for them. She, um, took another job, but for the long time, she was our connection. She was actually up in this area visiting in a church nearby. I saw that on social media and I contacted her. I'm like, Pam, did you know, like, that's really near us. And I, I have a very warm relationship with, with her. And, and I said, Hey, can, can I grab lunch with you? Uh, and so we worked it out. So I took our um, one of our elders with me and went and grabbed lunch with Pam and sat down. And the main conversation I wanted to have with her is this very topic. Because mm-hmm. what I wanted to ferret out from, I want to say, listen, we are committed to Roblealto. We will help you financially. We will bless you. Now the only question is how. In our short-term trips, because of this debate, maybe I'm yeah. saying, Pam, maybe this isn't the best way to do it. And she went ghost white. And she's a Tika, which is um, a Puerto, uh, excuse me, a Costa Rican. She's the, uh, the Ticos and Ticas. So she's a Tika. So for her to go ghost white says something, right? And and she just went white. And she was, uh, Pastor Rick, uh, you have no idea how valuable those trips are to us. I'm giving her an out. And she's like, she's begging me, please don't tell me you're ever going to stop that. And the, the financial benefit, the, the labor that we bring, the playing with the kids, the way it boosts the morale of the staff and the mommies and the puppies in the home, uh, like she, it, she was just gushing and begging. And so it was good for me to basically put it on the table and say, hey, from your end, Pam, you can kill it. And she begged us to keep coming. So uh, there are benefits for where we go. Now, we got to make sure there are. I gave you one example, 
And there can be other places where we're forcing ourselves upon them. Okay, that's another issue. But I know at least in one case, and we're checking, we're making sure, is this a benefit to them? And if it's only a benefit to us and not to them, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think we have to ask the question, you know, on multiple levels, you know, is it beneficial? But part of the reason it's hard for me is my American mindset. It it doesn't seem efficient or cost benefit. But part of that is I'm only thinking it from like an American worldview. So you go to another culture that is so relational. And that's one of the things, you know, gets into what is good about it and what is the benefit when you can build. Yeah, I don't, I only see you for a week, but now we have long-term relationships. I mean, that is huge. And in other parts of the world, that's so much bigger than we give it credit for, you know, building those long-term relationships. So I, I, that's something I'm always looking for, of doing it well. Because I've heard it said, too, the uh, you know, proverb, I've heard it from different, a sign from different places, but man, you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. Hmm. You know, and That's so it, of course it's easier. Just send money down. We can get more done in the short term, and we could be quicker. Yeah, but the sustaining kind of power of going together. Yeah, maybe there are inefficiencies to it, but there are just benefits that are hard to measure that build in sustainability with, with some of the blessing of those relationships. Well, and it's a great contrast to, uh, to, or I say corollary to what you said earlier. You you talked about building a fence for $500 or painting or whatever. Uh, and then you went to a 50 grand trip, which I think, I don't think our trips cost that much, but maybe I'm wrong. You know better than I. Per person, I'm saying. If you per got person, 10 people, okay, yeah, five grand. Liar, liar. <laughs> uh, but, but notice, I can quantify how much does it cost to paint a fence. Okay. What is the dollar value on encouraging mommies and puppies? You know, and she talked about uh, the, all the orphans there and seeing our example and feeling the love, these people that would come from, from far away, give up a week of their life, spend some of our own money, raise other money, and just to bless them. And she, you, she's like, you have no idea the value of that. You can't put dollars on that. Now, again, we've got to make sure that they are saying, that they being the missionaries on site down there, they're the ones saying, this has great value to us, please do it, and not us forcing the value. Yeah, and I, I feel like that is the main kind of principle I operate out of in trying to figure out what is good, what is bad, right? It's the flip side of the bad. So the, the bad is Christian tourism. What? That's all about me and what I would get out of it. So if I think of a partnership and a trip, it better be about what blesses them. And so coming down to, okay, does this help you or is this just a burden? And one of the real sides is it can be tricky, right? So if an American church is a gravy train, they want to come down, that missionary is going to say, no, your pay right. depends on it. Yep. So to have that kind of relationship where you could, like you do with Pam, right? To be honest, hey, really? Like we, you don't have to say yes. But then in the end, okay, how can we support you? Well, I don't want to do that. Well, again, it's not about us. This isn't your vacation. One of my favorites, when we went into China, there was an, uh, a school, and they were teaching English. And so part of how we brought value to them is it was a three-year program. And then at the end of the third year, there was a cultural exchange where you get to have two weeks with, you know, an American kind of class that comes over. So here they are, you know, part of their teaching English to build relationships to share the gospel. We're making their school appealing. Because, man, oh, I can go to that school because at the end, you know, we come over and have a, a cultural experience with a bunch of Americans. So I felt so good about that. So it wasn't just, hey, look, we got to go down a river in a bamboo raft, which we did, and it was fun. <laughs> but that's not the point, right? Sure. You know, it's, man, we go over 
And this, we're making this school legitimate. We're making it appealing. And so we really served a purpose. So in the end, man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pushing for that hard. You know, is this good? Well, does it help the ministry? And so from there, that's the long term. Because if it's just what we do for a week, it's, yeah, the cost benefit can't match up in my mind. But if we're coming along, boots on the ground ministry, we're doing something for a week, they're following up. So it has to be connected with ongoing ministry on the ground. And for us, you know, part of our kind of philosophy of that is that's going to be a church. You know, there's some people go with organizations that's great, but we want to make sure they're connected to a local church somewhere, you know, in that kind of journey. Now, with all that said, and I agree 110, there are benefits for us. There's no doubt about it. And I don't want to be, I don't want to act like that's bad. It, the problem isn't that the trip benefits us. The problem is when the trip doesn't benefit them. So if it benefits us, that's okay. And it, and it does. I mean, there's no doubt hearts when shift on mission trips. God does things in people's lives, and, and they catch a heart for the world. Uh, they get a little bit more of a kingdom mindset. They can bring that back home then, and sometimes they're, uh, they've been stretched enough that they never snap all the way back. They go back some, but, mm-hmm. but not all the way, and there's growth there, uh, leads to ministry back home, spiritual growth in their own lives, on and on. So yes, there are significant benefits to short-term trips for our people who go on them. Mm-hmm. And that's why we encourage people to go on them. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, saying the same thing, just saying another way, part of it is like, of course, all of us, I mean, in this room have been impacted by that. Yep. That better not be the sole purpose you're going. If I'm going for my own, you know, it's one of those, you know, he who loses a life will find it. So I want to go with that posture of how can I most bless them, and then that's the way I'm most going to be blessed. And, that, and again, that's a part of where you know the benefits of them, right, is the change in us. So there's pre-trip prep, prep but there's also post-trip. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that? And I, to this day, I've never met somebody that's done long-term missions that hasn't started on a short-term trip. And so to me, that just has to be one of the, the values and benefits you know, even for myself, you know, going, you know, more kind of in a month's trip to feel it out. What does it look like? So now we have opportunity to experience the mission field, to get a vision for it. And whether that's financial support moving forward or thinking of long-term missions. And so, yeah, I sure. think yeah, yeah, it's a huge benefit. And that, that financial support thing, like Robley Alto, I know, has gained tons of sponsors of kids from our people who went down on trips. You see the ministry, your heart is just captured, and then you, you keep supporting. Um, so again, it loops back to a blessing, a benefit for them. But I, I, you know, I also think there is one other um, benefit. But before mentioning that, I want to make sure I tie one thing off. Like, we're saying you, you lay down your life, you die to yourself, all that. But we got to keep in mind that God is, you never outgive God. So when we get, get our heads right and we do missions well and we're dying to self when we're just serving them, holy cow, I have had some of the most fun of my life on mission trips. Laughed the hardest. Uh, the, the memories and the jokes, the shared inside jokes with mission teams, like, uh, I don't know if it's at every church this way, but I know at Redemption Chapel, like our trips, our teams have a stinking blast. Mm-hmm. You just, you can't outgive God. Yeah, I think of, you know, Peter and Jesus, you know, he lays down his life and nobody's in, you get in that and Peter's, well, Jesus, we've laid down our life, we've given up. And Jesus is like, well, time out, buddy, you know. 
you lay down, but you, you receive far more in yep. return. And we know that, but yeah, to, to really experience that, everybody can testify that's so true. I mean, yeah. The only other uh, benefit that was on my mind is kind of a macro view of what's going on in the kingdom around the world, and, and that is to say um, we, we need people who will commit to going into long-term missions. But long-term missionaries often begin with a short-term mission trip. And so there is, uh, uh, maybe it doesn't, well, we want it to benefit the mission there. We want it to benefit the team who goes. But then just thinking down the road, uh, we are in the process of letting people try out missions and hope that some will say, here am I, Lord, send me long-term. There's a benefit there. When you guys already teased it out a little bit in, in some of your thoughts with that, but I mean, obviously we we do mission trips, we do short term mission trips here at Redemption, and you know, Pastor Jared, that's a big, huge part of what you do for us. And so, uh, how do we make sure? So we've talked about the negative, we talked about the positive. So as a ministry, as a church, how do we make sure our trips uh, are good and they're beneficial, and and they check some of those boxes of the good things that kind of come out of it? What are some of the ways? We filter that out. I mean, some of it, you know, we're talking about relationships, start with that. I mean, we have to build relationships with the organization and trust because make no mistake, there is mass amounts of trust. We just said all the follow-up depends on them. I mean, we're coming alongside them. So, you know, we're looking into, you know, another organization where they bring clean water and they do a great job of it. You know, we said this already, not our... Our mission as a church isn't just to bring clean water. I think it's a wonderful thing we do, but they use that and leverage that for gospel ministry in connection with the church. So, yeah, we're going to vet out the, basically the principles we just talked through, and then it's a matter of just building relationships and finding people we trust, which, you know, you mentioned going to trips with our missionaries. I think that would be so huge because we have that relationship and we can come alongside each other. So. I mean that for sure is my first thought. Building relationships with the you know the organization we're going to go with because that's a it's a partnership and you got to have trust there. And we're intentional about that. That's why we don't have twenty different locations we go because that would spread us too thin. And so we want to have recidivism. We want to return to the same location over and over and over again to build that relationship, that trust. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as well, we're not always on the learning curve. So we, we, we know what they need more, and so we come alongside them better because we've learned them. Um, so that's those mission partners. That's a huge yeah. part of doing it well. It's funny. I, as we talk about this, and we're talking about it in a, a, a heady side of things, but I don't know if the plan was to go there or not. But as we're sitting here and people are listening and talking about trips, even you hear you know Pastor Rick talking about the joy. For those that are listening, I really consider it. I've oh, yeah. never, I have never in my life met somebody that took a step of faith, went on a trip, and regretted it. That, that person doesn't exist in my world. And so as we're just talking about, you know, short-term trip philosophy, I, I don't know, I just want to throw that out there as a bit of a challenge. You know, if you're thinking about it and it sounds crazy and I don't want to eat lamb's brain, I, I've only done it once. You know, you know it's not that, it's, most of the time it's not that crazy, you know, but it is stretching, but you won't regret it. So if you're listening and thinking about it, I really would encourage you to pray about and consider going. That's doing great, something. It's a great word, brother. And then as as you do, if you're at our church and you want to go on a trip, what, what happens is, I don't you know, it was all, at, the pandemic shut everything down, right? Mm -hmm. And so the timing of this podcast is pretty good because now things are, international travel up for things like this is picking back up. 
And so we'll have trips going again. Um, and as we go there, we do applications. So one of the ways we try to make sure trips are positive for the location down there is we tr try to take the right team. And we have gotten a little bit more selective over the years. Before, it was kind of like anybody that wanted to go went. Now, we're not, it's not totally constrained, but uh, we want to make sure that we are going to take a team that's going to work well together and be a blessing down there. And so that's another way that we try to make sure the trip is beneficial for the mission to which we're going. Yeah, for sure. And that comes with, you know, after you get accepted, well, now there's training. So it's not just go down for the week. You know, that's a huge part of it. It's funny. I'm glad you said that as I just encourage everybody to go on trips and, and then somebody gets denied. They're all mad. Well, it goes back to the point. It's not about you. We, we got to go. It's best for the mission and send in, you know, 75 people. I just want to keep up in the number, but you know, you know, <laughs> sending tons of people isn't always helpful. So it, man, you might get denied, but you know, for the teams that do go, Man, there's preparation. We're going to talk through, you know, whether it be locally what's happening on the ground, some of those principles, you know, preparing your heart before you go. So doing that well is being selective. You know, even some of that, you know, if we're going to have a trip where it is a little bit more service-oriented, well, we want to bring skilled laborers. Well, I want to go. Okay, but that, you know, that's not most beneficial to that ministry. So anyway, we're going to filter but then really, we're, we take preparation pretty seriously in, in having meetings leading up to it. So it's a commitment. 100%. And I want to tease that out a little bit. Like, so if I'm accepted on a trip and that trip is going to leave on August 1st, and I'm thinking, cool, I'll see you guys at the airport at August 1st. And we go, ah, that's not the way it goes. So our teams start meeting regularly about how many months before? Yeah, usually they're meeting like six or so times, and we kind of go on like an every other week pace. Mm -hmm. We kind of back it out, you know. I mean, trips as we're rolling out, or almost as the trip begins to roll out, are like six to eight months out. And then that's, you know, two weeks of application. Then that's vetting through, selecting the team. And then from there, you know, you're looking at, you know, months before the trip where we're going to start meeting every other week, you know, and even that's not going to butt right up against the trip, you know, so. Right. You know. And so, so you're like, wait, wait, I, get a, I have a meeting every other week? It's like, yeah, because by the time you leave from the airport headed down there, the success of the trip is already set. And the reason, if the team is prepared well to love each other, their mindset's right, their heart's right, they're walking with Jesus. I mean, all that is preparation before you ever leave. And if that's done well, it's going to be a great trip. And if it's not done well, it's going to be a bad time. And so we do a lot of work on the front end, no apologies. Uh, we want it to be a good trip for you and a good trip for them. Well, and you mentioned the relationships with those on the team. That's a part of it. Huge. You know, there's the shared experience of the week, but you're already going down there a team. So that's a big part of it. Absolutely. So th those are some of the things I think we do. I mean, a big part of that preparation is to train their hearts and minds, uh, those who are going on that short-term trip. And, and as we talk about how do we, what do we do to make it beneficial, uh, we ask Jesus to set our hearts and minds right before we go. And if that work is done, uh, we're in a good spot. Well, this has been a man, a great discussion on this topic. Before we kind of wrap it up, is there any final thoughts you guys want to kind of leave the listeners with when it comes to short term trips? I, I emphasize what Pastor Jared said about uh, if you've never been on one, 
work it into your discipleship to Jesus plan. Um, make that a life goal and don't put it off. Well, I'll do it when I retire. And then, well, now I have grandkids. Well, you know, there's always a reason to put stuff off. Do it sooner rather than later. And in the process, be open to, is Jesus calling me to long-term missions? Like we're, we're serious as a heart attack about the Great Commission. Like this is what Jesus has called us to do. And so missions is not, sometimes it's viewed as like there's normal Christian discipleship and then there's like the bonus program <laughs> that includes missions. And no, this is part of being a disciple of Jesus. This is what we're about. Yeah, I love what you said. And even if you're next year aren't going, I want to do something. Like this is a part of what we all should do. Be mission oriented. And so maybe that's committing to pray for the next trip. Maybe mm-hmm. that's committing to pray for missionaries. You know, you have that kind of pray, give, go bucket. So we're saying go, consider long term. And man, maybe that's starting with a short term. And if you're not there, consider just praying for missionaries. If you go on our missions page, I'm sure you could drop that, you know, you know, a link to that. Start praying for missionaries, you know, start giving to missions yeah, and d- start sharing with your neighbor. And, don't and under, challenged. I don't, I don't want you to undersell that one. I mean, pray, give, go. And we yeah. talk about pray and we talk about go and the give. There's missionaries that need support. And I guarantee you, you ask any missionary, they're like, yeah, I don't have enough support. Mm-hmm. Um, and give. If you yeah. can't, if you can't go right now, give. Yeah, do something. Yeah. Well, man, those are some great practical things to end with. And uh, hopefully if you're listening, this gave you uh, some things to think about when it comes to short-term trips. And uh, whether you go to church here, somewhere else, we'd, pr- we'd hope you consider one. And if you do go to Redemption Chapel, be on the lookout because I'm sure we'll be rolling some trips out now, like Pastor Rick said, now that we can travel a little bit more. So looking forward to our next one. So uh, thanks for jumping into this podcast, guys. And thank you for listening. And we will catch you next month on another episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.